0: And that song slaps. <laughs> this thing's a banger. And they're cracking up. Oh, like, I'm not a i a, a human being. Yeah. Oh, a simp, No, I too. didn't say that. I didn't say that. I was thinking it, though. All right, so we are... Uh... We are currently watching Adam make some Bantam milk. Oh, are we officially Mm -hmm. recording? We are. Yeah. And I'm looking at a tray full of delicious vitriols here. No, that's not the right word, is it?
1: Uh, Vittles, perhaps? No. Vitriols? What is it? Vitriol?
2: No. He's he's got a bunch of cool shit. Yes. (laughs) Got some good color going on here. Dame for cool shit.
1: A blue now, Curacao, of man. course, this is all the stuff that got cut out of the film. But there's an extended scene of Aunt Peru actually fixing this exact mm-hmm. drink.
2: Believe it. Everyone thought it came straight yeah. from the animal. It well, that didn't. Was,
0: that was no. the only way that they could um, that they could keep, like dull Luke's force senses to keep him on the planet was to keep him sauced 24 seven. That's right. It makes
2: sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now in hindsight,
1: this is why. Well, has I mean, to f- speed off and fight sand people in the middle of the desert. He's an angry dragon. Obi Wan finds him yeah. passed out. Yeah, he almost cuts his freaking head off with a laser sword. And first time he turns the him f- on the very first time, yeah. he points that fucking thing right at his
0: eye. That looks <laughs> like. Like suntan lotion, you're about to pour into this drink. Don't don't. look
2: at it. It pretty much is (laughs) suntan lotion. Oh, we got
0: got SPF 50 at our guts here. SPF
2: 50 or Vaseline? You would need Mm
1: -hmm. at least that on uh, tattooing. That's
2: true with two suns. Two suns. Two suns,
0: yeah. Just like in 3001, the Earth
1: with Lucifer.
2: I was going to bring that back. All back to that piece of shit. Hey, there's a
1: text to text comparison right there. Bonus points. That's right.
2: Bonus points oh, yeah, if you know what them we're them. talking about. There ah, you go. Definitely. Hit that. <laughs> Hit that
1: bell. Subscribe. Right, we, got our f- <laughs> we got our fruits. Adam's putting our fruit in there right now. A little pineapple.
0: Yeah. So. I had no idea that Bantha's had such a citrusy uh, breast flavor. Uh,
2: it comes from the highly acidic grass that uh-huh. they drink. The or grass feed. that
0: grows in the sand. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sand dunes down in North Carolina, if you've ever been to the Outer Banks. There's oh, yeah. grass there.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Give me never, a hard time. I never saw it in the desert of Tunisia, hence where it was filmed. Tunisia, huh? Tunisia, yeah.
2: The lovely shaking and artistry. You can imagine me spinning and flipping this. Well, it's, as
1: it's they, well they, they have to imagine it. Right. He actually is doing it's it. It's very quarters. cocktail-like. It's
0: almost like he's Tom Cruise right yeah. now. In an 80s movie about bartenders.
2: Highway! (laughs) Oh, wrong (laughs) 80s movie.
1: Sorry, buddy. They're all the same.
2: I don't have proper Tom Collins glasses.
1: Already blue. Look at that. Oh, that is a completed uh,
2: Bantam milk right there. I do not have proper glasses, so we're we're drinking it. Tom Collins would be Uh, half as thin as that. All I'm saying is Luke's glass was full. I mean, I can make it. (laughs) I just know that for those of you who watched the last podcast... Listen to the last podcast. I was not able to keep up. So,
1: well, that, and some of us have to jump in our uh, speeders after this podcast and race exactly. off.
2: Exactly. So.
1: I got a droid to drive me home.
2: There you go. And honestly, besides the um, lemon juice and the uh, cream of coconut, it's all liquor. So all right, you know, we got a little cream of coconut, lemon juice, uh, blue curacao, and some gin. To which Sam said that's apocryphal, gin does not belong in a drink with blue curacao. So we'll see huh. what this is like. Huh. It's yep. a beautiful color. It smells it's good too. Thank you.
1: It does. It smells very beachy. Yeah.
2: Well that's what I was thinking, you know. We're nearing summer. We're in like mid springtime. <laughs>
1: as three inches of snow approaches I know. as we speak. Yeah, really. The snow apocalypse of April.
0: Yeah. Welcome well, to Buffalo. Well, this drink does make me right. feel like I'm on a beach
2: somewhere in Naboo. Ooh. Oh, there you go, with a uh, scantily clad Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yes, please. I was going to say Queen Amidala.
1: <laughs> of course, uh, her character is fourteen in that movie, but
2: always creeps the fuck out me. There's, Wait, a, yeah, there's exactly. a little
1: reference to Snow Crash for
2: you. Yeah, you good to be <laughs> the back.
1: queen of a planet, and you're only fourteen. What the hell, George Lucas? How I do thought, you? I thought he cared more about realism, but apparently, <laughs> realism is shit. She's robbing the cradle of Anakin. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's that the reverse Snow Crash. She's yeah. already
0: under 8 herself. You know what would have made the se- the prequel series make so much more sense? If Anakin would have been an angsty teen when we first yeah. meet him, that would have changed and improved the whole dynamic of those prequels. Well, have felt right. I don't
1: believe anything of substance happens in Phantom Menace. Uh, you could have started the trilogy at... Uh, Attack of the Grounds. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Qui Gon Jinn, my friend, one of the greatest dies, Jedi ever to be on and he screen. Does not come back,
0: but his influence echoes down the pantheon there of
1: Jedi masters. So we needed a three-hour film, yes, in in order, just for Liam in Neeson order to get
2: echoes of Liam Neeson's Qui Gon Jinn. Can I just tell you that when I introduced Sam to the series, uh, she had never watched it until maybe four years ago or so. We skipped one. Yeah. We went, um, Hmm. two, three, four, no, I'm sorry, we went four, five, two, three, six, seven. We went machete order.
0: By the way, if you can't hear Adam because he's behind the the cardioid mic, he's talking about the machete order of, uh, I'm sure you probably heard a little bit of him, but, you know, I I think you guys are selling episode one short. That reestablished Star Wars as a box office phenomenon, and... If you cut the gungan shit out of it, it's passable.
1: Misa can't forget the gungans. Oh, that was surprisingly good, Adam. Yeah,
2: it? I hope the mic picked that up. Poor Ahmed Dust. <laughs> Although he owns it. Yeah, I mean, well, if you've ever seen those like deep cuts online that Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, oh, oh, that's dumb. I've I've read those, and that's the only way people can like justify his presence is by making some like QAnon type conspiracy well, they shit. They
0: totally neutered the character. And I guess later on, canonically Disney made this a thing that he's like a drunk begging clown or something on Naboo that somebody runs across in one of the novels. So he doesn't oh, he doesn't yeah. do very well for himself after oh. the Senate collapses. So Good.
1: Yeah, yes. I'm okay with okay. that. I'll drink to that. Yeah. All right, let's Cheers, have some blue gentlemen. milk.
0: All, All right, it's very blue and It yeah. <laughs> smells great.
2: Oh, that is tart. It is mm. tart. That's going to be dangerous, though. That's like going to be
0: extremely dangerous. That is pure Bantha goodness right there. Yeah. Wow. I don't like sweet drinks that much, and being a diabetic. Well, yeah, of course. Type 1 diabetic, mind you.
2: Mm. I don't
0: know if that means anything,
2: but... <laughs> I got what you're going <laughs> Thank for. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's not bad. Yeah. I was a little concerned because every Bantha milk drink I had seen was on the sweeter side. Mm. And that's why I didn't do the blended one, because mm. the blended one would have been much sweeter. Mm. Thank you, Adam. Yes. You're welcome. Thanks for looking
0: out for your diet, buddy. No problem. Does this uh, does this have anything to do with the uh, make sure that they make a
2: galaxy's edge? You can get Bantha milk, and what is the animal that they milk on the Jedi Temple um, island? You can get that, too. Mm. The Sea Mermaid thing, whatever they call it. The Sea Mermaid thing. Eh, You can get that, too. Yep. Wow. Well, that's... You know, with Disney,
0: if you're looking for partnerships, because I know right now you guys are having trouble with the market, things are tough, you're having a hard time with some of your properties, not making enough money. Star
2: Wars isn't doing great on that Disney Plus thing that I don't know about.
0: You could totally partner up with us, and we will rocket you into the stratosphere. We can make, Trust we can me.
1: make room for Disney. Yes. Disney's given
0: us enough; we can make room for them and help them out.
1: Agreed. I think they could
0: use it right yeah. now—a little <laughs> helping hand.
1: Words right. of the Old Republic has got you, Disney. Give us a call, Walt. Give us a call.
0: I that would be weird. His if, frozen if Walt, head. If Walt calls us, I'm not answering.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what would it? I don't even know what would it would be. It'd be like crackly sounding. You know what? It he would be Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes, a a clone of
1: Emperor Palpatine. We will improve our market (laughs) share. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Who shows up with a bunch of prophecies in the final 20 minutes of a nine-episode saga. Way to go.
0: That could be a separate cast. Oh, we should should have a dragging Star Wars cast or something, like a short half-hour special clip. Hey, you know, hit us up in the comments. If you want to hear us drag Star Wars for a half-hour or
2: more... Tell us you want yeah. it. We'll make it happen. If you're a Star Trek fan and you just want to hate on Star Wars for a solid, you know, forty-five minutes, we can. Well, do you us. can be both. I'm both. I mean, you could be both. Can be both. Some of my fondest memories watching TV with my dad were Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, we'll get there eventually, guys. All right, should we have like a pause for continuity and cutting, and then we can start the actual cast? I think so. Yeah. All right, Mike. This is for your editing. We're gonna pause. Okay. Over okay. All right.
2: <laughs> Marker. And yes.
0: Begin the cast.
2: All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to Nerds of the Re- Old Republic. I'm Adam. I'm Mike, and I'm Sean. And we are here talking about Timothy Zahn's <clears throat> Thrawn. Love the way you say Zahn. Well, I had to hit that because I was worried about going Zahn Thrawn, or something <laughs> like that. Like I was going to be some like and whatever.
0: Or you get everyone going, oh, you're from Buffalo, but he goes, Zan. Zan.
2: zan. You get zan. zan. Yeah, so, uh, this was a collaborative pick, am I right? This I was. was. This oh, yeah. is the podcast's first collaborative pick. And we all hate it. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to what we feel about it. But uh, let's give a little bit of background. So, uh, we see this uh, race, the Chiss character of... Um, thrawn as he comes to be known throughout the novel i was going to try to pronounce his just name but i'm not confident in my memory on that um and so we see him rise up through the imperial navy anything you guys want to add about the uh situation the setup or like timeline where this book is placed i'll throw it to you mike if you want to
0: hit in there first
2: sure uh so um this is uh, prior
1: to the uh, introduction, or I should say reintroduction of the character uh, in the Disney show Rebels, um, by what, five years, would you say, or six years, about? What did they say? It takes place a few months after
0: the episode uh, Revenge of the Sith? Uh,
2: oh, is it that It's early? in the front of the book. There's oh. a, Or at least my uh, hardcover copy had a timeline. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are.
1: Uh, let's see. Thrawn is after Solo. Okay. And whereas Solo is is, Solo, uh, is, is uh, it's it's immediately listed after Revenge of the Sith, but I I feel like it's years later. I feel like Revenge there's time there. Here. Yeah. Otherwise, Han Solo would be a much older man when we meet
0: mm-hmm. him. Okay, so it's know, not so. that soon afterwards.
1: Okay. So I think this is I'm going to guess about five, six, seven years prior to Rebels, which itself is four ish years before A New Hope, right? Mm-hmm. So this probably kicks off about ten years prior to the first. Or, I should say, the fourth episode of Star Wars. To well-established empire by this Yeah, I'm doing a great job of, of uh,
2: situating the timeline here, by the way, aren't I? <laughs> you may notice that I am not speaking very much because I am the least well-versed in this. Like, I read the book, and I'm ready to talk about the book. Yeah. And I've watched the movies. Right. You know, one through, even though one shouldn't exist, one through Ouch. nine. Solo and the. Um, Oh, what's the one? Where Rogue they, One. Rogue One. Fantastic. Yeah, movie. I Very actually good. really enjoyed Rogue One, uh, but I've not seen any of the other ancillary properties, read any of the other books, so I'm just biding my time to help. Well, we
1: should. This would be a good point to uh, actually give some background on, on the character uh, himself, Thrawn, who was introduced by the same author, Timothy Zand. Timothy, how are, you, are we going to do in New Jersey? Uh, Zwan. Timothy Zwan. That's good. Um, Zwan. Uh, but uh, that trilo- there was a trilogy of books that came out in the early 90s, uh, and Thrawn was an extremely uh, popular uh, antagonist in those novels. Um, the, the, the hardcore Star Wars base uh, loved the, the character. Um, these novels were actually set post-Return of the Jedi, uh, after the Empire had uh, not completely fallen, but was falling Trature. drastically, and the New Republic had been established, um, but when Disney took over, uh, they took a lot of the old materials, uh, the, the, stuff that George Lucas had not touched directly and reclassified it as legends. So it's not technically canon. I think Disney has made some brilliant choices since it took over. I think it's made some very poor choices as well, but I think that bringing back Thrawn and canonizing him, uh, first in the, the, the show Rebels and, and then finally in this uh, series of books Uh, It's definitely one of the better choices. I I think that was uh, something the fan base appreciated.
0: I agree with you, and I can further color your wonderful historical background on Thrawn a little bit more. Um, That series by Timothy Zahn that came out in the early 90s was Heir to the Empire, which, I mean, if you think about the title, it it pretty, pretty much says that Grand Admiral Thrawn, when we meet him in that text, had pretty much taken over a large scrap of the Empire, was trying to reforge something out of it. And uh, he was the chief adversary for Luke and the gang at that time. And it was, uh, I'm sure we'll get more into the comparisons with that later on. But um, I remember buying that at a Walmart in. Uh <laughs> Did I say that with enough disdain? You did. And, uh, sorry, guys. If you're a Walmart, I, I do
1: shop there occasionally. Let but, me interrupt here to say that I remember buying it at a media play. Ooh! Did I say that I with enough that. love? Yeah. <laughs> well, I expected Borders or
0: Ames see, for some reason. <laughs> I, at that time, I was living in Lockport. If you guys have ever been there, it's a small little town in Niagara County. It's kind of its own little place, and Walmart was the only way... Because the Barn... No, the... God, what was it at the time? Forest? The Walden Books. Oh, Walden Books. Mm. In the Lockport Mall Forest, had closed that one, that one. at the at this point. And uh, Walmart was my only exposure to fine literature. <laughs> <laughs> as odd as it sounds to put that together. Anyway, so Heir to the Empire was actually the... Kind of marked a return to new Star Wars stories when it had been dormant for about a decade by that point. And this return really kind of showed Lucas that there was still fervent interest in this property, which kind of, again, reinvigorated his interest in it and then led to the uh, special editions, which... Eh. Did you hear that? Eh. And then, the, uh, the uh, obviously, the prequel trilogy and then selling it to Disney. But the um, Heir to the Empire, and, and Thrawn in particular, really got people fired up to the point where LucasArts, the video game company that existed at that time, and I was also a fan of those properties, X-Wing or TIE Fighter, This character shows up in a crossover with a video game in the game TIE Fighter. So he has deep roots in the Star Wars canon. Mm -hmm. And then once Disney sort of jettisoned all of that, and they've been judiciously picking pieces from that and bringing it back, uh, Thrawn was the smartest move they ever made to bring in, I think, Dave Filoni, the guy who does Rebels and uh, Mm -hmm. Clone Wars and all that. I believe it was his choice to bring Thrawn in, and that was a, a brilliant move.
1: And in, in, in obvious, in retrospect. I mean, that should have been done. And I, and I like that they bring him in prior to the original trilogy. Um, but what's always been interesting to me, if they hadn't written already a, a trilogy of novels that happened right after Return of the Jedi, which are not good, um, <laughs> Heir to the Empire and, and those those set, those three novels could still work mm-hmm. because Thrawn is sort of a fringe character the way he's presented in, in the early part of that series that rises up to, you know, he comes back from, like, the, whatever they call it, the Outer Rim area, right. um, to sort of marshal the Navy and, like, try to, to rescue the Empire. Um, there's no reason with the way Rebels ended that they couldn't follow that exact trilogy and still have Thrawn return post-Return of the Jedi. It is
0: very possible. Are you referring to The Courtship of Princess Leia, by the way, is a terrible Star Wars book?
2: Oh, I haven't read that one. Oh, don't. Uh, no. It <laughs> sounds terrible. It sounds uh-huh. like a Dime Store romance novel it is, set in the Star Wars
0: world. That's a perfect characterization, Adam. It's, uh, I believe one <laughs> part of it, Luke talks to a Rancor after falling from the sky. <laughs> and this is almost immediately after the Death Star 2 d- yeah. is destroyed. Uh-huh. And he just becomes like an overpowered Jedi. It's and pretty stupid. And he
1: speaks with a Rancor. Like, yeah, like,
0: like telep- they, they, they like, telep- like tame them somehow and ride them around this planet. That is fucking amazing. I want
1: to yeah. know the, uh, I'm sure very interesting things that a rancor has to say.
0: I barely remember any of this. I remember how bad it was, and even as like my ten year old self saying, "Wow, this is terrible." Yeah. <laughs> That's your sign. Yeah.
1: There was a trilogy of novels. Uh, I, the author and and the, the novels themselves are escaping me at the moment. But it was one of the first things that... Actually, I probably have it here on this timeline. Adam <laughs> helpfully pointed out to us. As a newbie, I have to rely uh, on
2: graphics. Is it, Return is it, is it, it the Legends? It,
1: it's the Aftermath trilogy. Ah, Aftermath, yes. Life, that and Empire's End. I read Aftermath, hated it. I read Part of Life, Dead, and quit. Um, and, I, and I don't want to discourage people from reading those. I just... That was not my vision of like a post-Return of the Jedi world, so it was a very personal thing. My vision of a post-Jedi world was... Uh, Return of the Jedi world was the Thrawn trilogy. Right.
0: There's been a lot of criticism of that new yeah. Disney canon stuff. It's it's hitting us, really. It, it sure is,
1: and we'll get into all of that. Uh, like I said, I, I think they, they don't get enough credit for the very, very good things that they've done, mm-hmm. and they've done some really good things for
2: Star Wars. Um,
1: but they definitely deserve the
2: hits they take for the shit they fucked up. Yeah, I feel like the bar is set... Very high for them to be praised, yeah. and also the bar for them to be like totally mocked is very low. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if the color of R2D2's, you know, uh, like, um, rust isn't just right. Some fan <laughs> is going to flame them so hard, and it's going to hit Reddit and it's going to hit Instagram. You're right, um, clearly
0: gonna go the it. Disney version of R2D2 <laughs> does
2: not have
1: the appropriate. Uh,
0: That's comic book
1: shop guy, right? Is that
0: that yeah, comic book guy? Yeah,
2: that
0: was that was good. That was a great way to put it.
2: Well, and you too, though, with the follow up on the comic book guy, because honestly, like Star Wars is one of those um, properties that. If you have an experience with it, you take it so seriously. Either you're a super fan or you're just aware of it. Mm. I don't know anybody in between. Uh, That was me,
0: actually, for God, the better part of 30 years of my life. I was so dedicated to the mythology of Star Wars and just how good the story is and all the old canon stuff of the legend stuff now. And uh, The Last Jedi really turned my thinking a bit. And then Rise of Skywalker completely torpedoed anything I had as far as goodwill towards the original story. Mandalorian, thank God for that. It saved oh, yeah. Star Wars, in my opinion. But yeah. the, um, it's just interesting how much I've grown to like realize how problematic a lot of the issues are with Star Wars that I overlooked as a, I don't know, naive fanboy. And now I see that there are so many really bad problems with some of the stuff that people really love about Star Wars that uh, honestly, now now that Last Jedi or not Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker's come out, Last Jedi is starting to look like it could be the new Empire Strikes Back. Like, I think about that movie now and the character assassination of Luke and all those things, and I'm like, you know what? Compared to what came after it, that was pretty fucking Scorsese level brilliant.
1: <laughs> so well, I mean, that that's a debate that we should have at some point because I, I have strong yeah. feelings about that movie and they're not positive.
0: So you know, I, I'm I'm sorry, I, I tried to so, totally sidetrack. I was going to ask you guys a question. If not Disney purchasing Star Wars yeah. and Lucas had to get rid of it because he just needed billions. Who could have done more with the property than Disney? Oh, Tarantino! Give everything to Tarantino. Can you
1: imagine so <laughs> much? Oh my God! God. Oh God. <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to do a no, fresh cowboy? cowboy space? What film? does Emperor Palpatine look like? Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> well, same Jack, that. Mace Windu would definitely be back. Oh, oh so fuck yeah, Mace Windu. Oh, yes. Dude, you imagine? I got robot shit. fucking arms, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man, oh. this is this is how have we not thought of this before? Tarantino. Can we get Quentin Tarantino <laughs> to buy up some of the excess Ooh. property? Is well, he's there supposed some to do a Star uh, Trek yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he's he has said many times that he's a fucking engage. Fan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Engage, motherfucker. <laughs> and then some cool-ass, like, 60s soul music plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tarantino has said many times that he's a huge fan of that one Next Generation episode where they uh, go into an alternate timeline. Ah, like Tashi Yar is still alive. The Federation is losing. And so when when there was when his name got connected to a possible Star Trek movie, there was a lot of speculation that it would be a, a cinematic version of right. that movie.
0: But his possibility of being a Star Trek creator is just mind-blowing right now. (laughs) Dear God, man.
2: I I would give anything to see that. I would give anything to see that. My follow-up for the original question of if not Disney, who? I've got two possibilities here. Stay with me. TNT. Okay. Because they are known for taking already existing properties and just Putting them all over the fucking TV because they have nothing else to air. Okay. Could so they, you could watch whatever you wanted, whenever
0: you wanted. Could they colorize Star Star Wars in some other way?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like literally, that's pretty much all. <laughs> you got. black and white
0: Star Wars now. Thanks, there you TNC. go. It's so
2: arth- it's so auteur, okay? <laughs> Um And then my other, this is another kind of like stretch here because I think Disney is on the whole doing a decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got the weight of the entire universe far, far away on their shoulders. Uh, My other idea would be to sell it to, like, Thriller or some other, like, deep, terrible, um, like, obscure streaming service Hmm. and just let them go ape shit on it. That's interesting. Because I think if you don't have the deft hand that Disney has, your only chance is being, like, straight campy, straight bloody, straight crazy. Interesting. Um, Because... You have no chance at trying to replicate the success that Disney could have replicated. I think they're literally the only company that could have yeah. done what they
0: I, did. I think you guys are overlooking the new wave. I would say that either Netflix or Amazon mm. could have done some things with this property, or HBO.
2: Yeah, and okay, doing HBO. the long
0: form storytelling like, yeah. that, that has become honestly better than film in some ways. Like yeah. you watch a lot of those, like the Disney Plus stuff they're doing with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier right. or WandaVision. Great show fantastic shows and it's like it's a 10 hour movie but my god is it really well done Mm -hmm. and I think that's becoming the new norm and I would be shocked if we don't get a crap ton of new live action Star Wars in that same vein as the Mandalorian which has proved that it can work it is huge
2: the the (laughs) amount of Mandalorian swag that I've bought in the past year (laughs) it proves that they have to continue that series unless their actresses keep saying terrible things on Twitter
0: well, if nothing else, we know that Star Wars roots rest in toy production and swag oh, selling. Yeah. That's true. So that is ultimately that was that was Lucas's master stroke. That was
1: a huge plot point in Spaceballs, of course. Of
0: course, the, the merchandising. merchandising.
1: <laughs> Spaceballs, the flamethrower.
2: The kids love <laughs> this one. Not a flamethrower. Yeah, cross brand it. Yes, yeah. yes. But um,
1: uh, I I do have uh, a serious one, and then I have one sure. specifically for you, Sean. Okay. Um, uh, the serious one is, uh, of course. Uh, we here at Nerds of the Old Republic are very much looking forward to Dune in a few months coming oh,
2: out. Oh, man. The
1: director of that is, uh, I believe it's pronounced Denis Villeneuve. It's a French-Canadian name. we, oui. But, uh, oui. but um, he is a brilliant director. Everything that he does is, uh, in my view, just uh, genius. Um, but after watching the way he handled uh, Blade Runner, I don't know if you guys saw Blade Runner 2049. Um, and, and he made a film that is just as good as the, 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 the original, which um, mm. was a masterpiece, obviously. I so. actually have
2: a deep abiding love for Blade Runner. Uh, and you have
1: not seen Blade Runner 2049? No, because oh. I was so
2: nervous about it. You
1: cyberpunk bitches. It is, it is. He, I don't like Blade Runner. Villanova. I said it! Uh, uh, That's sorry. right. I Look, off my Mike and Adam are both looking at me with daggers. <sighs> it's okay, I don't like it. This is. I'm, there's gonna be some <laughs> fists thrown here, and I, I just let's make another edit marker here. This will be a pause. I'll <laughs> edit this out later. <laughs> <laughs> so now the next time you hear from me, I'll be like, Sean's getting, Jaws Sean's is Sean's going to be quiet for a little while. He's going to take a little nap here. <laughs> Go in the box! <laughs> Someone's no, got to be yeah, the contrarian. Okay. That's my no, role. It, and it truly is. It's I am
0: that. the star scream to your Megatron, okay? Oh, okay.
1: Nice yeah, deep gonna cut. Reference. I
2: was going yeah. yeah, yeah, right. to say the running man to our Blade Runner. Do you know that cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger film? Yes, I, I'm a fan of the
0: of Running Man. Yes. Okay.
2: All right. Yes. But not Blade Runner. There's parts
0: that I enjoy, but I think Ridley Scott is full of himself, and I think that it's I agree with it's that. pretentious that's and it insists upon itself. <laughs> if only you could
1: what say does that it. even mean? <laughs> it insists upon itself. That is my answer to that question. Or that, what do they ask him? They say, uh, "What's your what, what movie do you like?" And he says, "The Money Pit." Tom Hanks. Like, uh, that's a great movie. <laughs> I love. My I all right, film. but Denis Villeneuve oh, okay. uh, yes. because the way he handled Blade Runner, you know, he can handle a good sci-fi uh, uh, series or franchise, and he can do it credit. Um, the other one that, and this one's for you, Sean, Boz Luhrmann. Oh, <laughs> do you
0: want me to retch? All over no! his beautiful basement. He does a great job with the soundtrack
2: and picking the artists no! for there. And the, yeah, no.
0: okay. If there's going to be a music video for Star Wars, <laughs> let Baz <laughs> Luhrmann direct that sh- the shit out of that. But please, the man has no sense at all for the the purpose of the work. <laughs> it's so bright and shiny and over the top. Oh. oh, we have a we have a gun that says dagger on it. Ooh. Or the irony of that. Or yeah. they're they're playing Fergie at a 20s party. Mm. Oh, that's so novel. Fuck you, Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> Fuck you.
2: You suck. Just to moderate this conversation for a quick sec, we just alternated from the Romeo and Juliet version with Leonardo DiCaprio of, um, well, the Baz Luhrmann version of Romeo right. and Juliet, and then, over to um, F. Scott, F. Scott Gerald, Fitzgerald, The great Gatsby. great Gatsby, and this is a this is a topic for another day. But
1: I do like <laughs> that <laughs> film. I'm I, sorry, I despised that, that film the film, first actually. time I saw it, but I love it now. Yeah. We're I, English I really teachers. Do. This is what we do. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's let's get back let's to get Star to the, Wars here. Let's get um, to the book. Maybe a good thing for us to do before we get into the book uh, would be to like maybe give our background with Star Wars too. Just sure. To, to, do we need more blue milk? Also, we may need some more. All blue right, we're drinking blue milk by the way.
2: Shall we? Shall we take a brief pause? That, or that'll be the marker. The <laughs> when marker. When you hear the bell, <laughs> It is out. The <laughs> turn oh, page. Turn the page. Yes. Turn the slide now. <laughs> Dude, this I is gold. This stuff is gold. We should
0: have these outtakes. We should do a season of outtakes. Yeah, be better. Better. And this yeah, will be on What I'm saying right now will be in the outtakes. So like, this is great. Let's be funny. How meta? That would be very meta. Almost like a uh, like a fails. He's in the
2: outtakes. Talking about outtakes We're back.
0: There, there are we Do you, the pub- you want to put us back on the straight and narrow what we're talking
2: about here? Yeah, so, you know, I knew with Star Wars we were going to have a lot to say about a lot of different directions. Mm. And I was hoping by the second Bantha milk cocktail, you know, they're sucking at the teat here of the Bantha, <laughs> um, we would... Oh, thank you. You're already placing the... All right. <laughs> Sean has placed the extra mighty taco, taco that I did not eat in front of me. Um full stomach i'll get there um i knew <laughs> when you, have a lot when you vomit mighty
1: taco time it's
2: gonna be blue oh, oh. No, that's gonna be the worst grade Ooh. d meat that sounds <laughs> exotic blue yeah so we've already talked about our experiences with the um property we've already talked about you know the movies a little bit let's get to the book itself um and I wonder, because he is the title character, what did you think of the character development of Thrawn as he goes from alleged exile to Grand Admiral by the end of the novel um, to meeting you know, Lord Vader himself, after whom my cat is named? Did you think uh, that um, Zom did a good job with that? Or was it one of those things where, you know, for me, the title character has to live up to the title? And yeah. if they don't... I really struggle to enjoy the book, and I'm going to withhold my statement about how I feel about that until after you guys.
1: Well, um, Thrawn is, you know, he's, in my opinion, he's one of the most intriguing characters in the world of Star Wars as an antagonist, Hmm. because I think you have, you know, Palpatine, who is evil incarnate. You have Vader, who is you know just like an unstoppable force, right? And uh, also sort of Macbethian in his like downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's undone fallen by angel. his tragic flaw, right? A fallen angel, very good. Um, and then you have Thrawn, who is like he's kind of neither of those things. He's 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 like the perfect soldier. Uh, to him, you know, it, it's it's all about strategy. It's all about the tactics. It's all about winning the battle, solving the problem that he's mm-hmm. faced with which makes him a fascinating uh, other kind of villain in Star Wars. Um, as a protagonist, which he is in this book, um, he's still very interesting. I, I don't want to like sound overly negative, um, but there wasn't much in the way of character development uh, I mean, he just sort of—he's—he's he's sort of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as, uh, <laughs> as Sherlock. He just yeah. solves every fucking riddle, and he's ten steps he's out perfect. of everybody. Yeah, and uh, he is that way in the beginning, and he's that way at the end. There's there's no character development, and um, I don't know. He's he's also, I, again, I don't want this to sound overly negative. He's interesting as a protagonist, but I think he's way more interesting as an antagonist.
0: I agree completely. Um. The point you made about uh, his almost like he's OP. And for you non-gamers out there, he's like overpowered would be like he there's nothing there's no riddle he can't solve. There's yeah. no problem he can't fix, there's nothing that he can't do through studying art. Which I think is one of the greatest things that that uh, Thrawn, or that zahn carried over from the original it's Air Genius. to the Empire was his yeah. use of the artistic study of his enemies that makes him so formidable i think that's fantastic but um i totally fucking lost my train of thought
2: uh, damn you blue milk overpowered yet but, powered by the the makers of gin and blue <sighs> the
0: uh, you know is he's uh he, you're right he's a fantastic antagonist as a protagonist there's so little character development i think his foil was uh Night Swan. Night, night Swan, Night Swan. Night Falcon?
2: Night Hawk?
1: Night, night Hawk? Swan. Night Swan? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're
2: getting confused with Marvel here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Night Swan, it, even that, it almost feels like this guy's got no chance. You know, the whole yeah, time yeah. you know Thrawn no. is going to triumph, there's yeah. really no stakes in the novel. And it's almost like getting him to be a Grand Admiral was perfunctory. Right. It's like, how do I explain that this guy's a Grand Admiral who's an alien in a very xenophobic, you know, military structure? Um,. One thing you said, though, that I wanted to make a comment about was the evil incarnate of the Emperor, which I think this novel and Disney in general with their handling of the property has done a really interesting job with is totally muddying the waters around the good and evil battle of the original trilogy. And when you look at of course, Vader's always been a very complex character from his full arc. But when you think about the Emperor, he is he's this cackling madman who shoots lightning out of his right. fingers. Mm-hmm. However, you start to wonder... Was he right? Because of how fucked up the galaxy is when it's not the Empire. Right. When the Empire is brutally cracking down on shit, things are actually, for the average Imperial citizen, seem like they're not that horrible. And again, I am probably whitewashing this immensely. I know I am. Not probably. And, like, you know, we can talk about Wookiee enslavement, and we can talk about... Uh, yeah. the three lo- pages
2: that that was. Oh, man.
0: We, we could go into some detail about how awful and evil the Empire really is. But when you look at trying to run a bureaucratic system that stretches across, let's say, three quarters of a galaxy, he might not have been that wrong. And Thrawn, the, the thing that I think Zahn does a really good job of introducing here is this threat that exists, this existential threat that exists outside of the Empire's knowledge. And there's that idea that, as bad as the Emperor is, there could be something worse out there.
1: Right. I, I actually underline this in the book. To me, one of the most fascinating parts of the book is when Thrawn goes down to the planet, and him and Night Swan meet face-to-face, um, and they you know discuss what they're going to do before the battle. Yeah. And uh, I think it's... Yeah, Night Swan says this... Uh, this is what happens. Repression and revolt feed and devour each other. Hmm. Repression and revolt feed and devour each other. And I, I, I thought that is the story of Star Wars, and that's mm-hmm. the story of human history. You know, hmm. uh, and, and I think that's what you're talking about with, like, was the Emperor right? I don't know if the Emperor is right, but that's Thrawn's view, right? Like, Thrawn's view is, like, you know, ethics have to be put on hold... If we're talking about protecting, you know, uh, this, this galaxy or, right. you know, whatever from chaos, the lesser evil, right. Which is not to say that Thrawn is right. Nightswan is, is obviously, you know, the, let's, let's revolt, let's fucking overthrow the power structure. Right. And the way those two forces work in concert as mm-hmm. a, a sort of like the way they fuel each other, the, the, the tyranny is always trying to repress the revolt. Mm-hmm. The revolt is always trying to get free of the tyranny. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a cyclical. I thought that was an interesting point, and I think that's an interesting theme in Star Wars. Uh,
0: it's very Orwellian. Very. Yeah. Yes, it's like Goldstein's book.
2: Well, mm. yeah, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> the the politics side was really interesting to me because coming from it as somebody who had just seen the movies and a couple of the ancillary properties, some of Clone Wars, um, you know, you look at that and go, oh shit, there are people trying to do good, trying to at least be okay in this whole system, what is really hard to be good in a system where everyone is blackmailing each other in order to do what they want to do to get more power, to hold on to their power, you know, and that gets us to uh, Arinda Price Mm. and the whole um, political scheme. If movie one had been like this, I would have been much more interested. You mean, um, episode seven, uh, Force Awakens? No, the one with, um...
0: Jar Jar Banks. Jar Jar Banks. Oh, Phantom Menace. Phantom yeah. Menace. Okay.
2: If have, if Phantom Menace had been much more like the political intrigue of this, as opposed to trade, trade, trade disputes? <laughs> friggin' trade disputes? Like, sure. Parliamentary procedure. Yeah, you're a space opera. Go get some friggin' pirates. Right. Go blow some ships up. Go do some stuff. All right, I gotta do this. As you know, a blockade is perfectly legal.
0: I, yes. I, I got, look it. Lucas was trying to justify the creation of a galactic empire. And if you think about the bu- bureaucracy that makes those things happen, he could have aped the fall of the Roman Republic and done it that way, right? People duking it out for power. Yeah. He went a different way, for better or for worse. I was going to say that, um, before we get too far into the Orinda Price, and, and I think it was one of the most fascinating subplots of this book, the... Um, the idea that the Emperor or that the Sith in general are purely evil, I think what I like about the new canon of Disney is that they're introducing the Shades of Grey moment to it where they talk about how the Jedi were flawed. And and Yoda even came to realize that at the end of their reign, that like, no, their dogmatic approach to things and their absolute adherence to a certain structure was wrong. Mm-hmm. And the Sith were sort of like this, I don't want to say evil, but they're more of like an anarchist kind of movement where it was more about giving into your passions, almost like the Vulcans versus the Romulans, right? And that's something I think more people, other people could understand <laughs> you People like, would be
2: listening to this podcast. Yes. But understand. it's,
0: like, you go from like, the purely logical, like, no, this is the way it has to be of the Jedi to the follow your feelings and your passions. And right. I think Palpatine was ruled by his desire for power. That's what he wanted. He wanted power more than anything. And you know, again, right or wrong, definitely wrong in ninety percent of what he did. But his feeling of bringing order and purpose to the machinery of the galaxy, I think that might have been not altruistic. That'd be the wrong word. But perhaps thinking that that was the right path for the Senate, for the you know, for the Republic at that time was to be more aligned. And again, m- maniacal, yeah. right, and yeah. very egotistical, but. The end result, as Thrawn saw in this book, was that he created a weapon that could be used against a greater enemy. Right.
1: Well, uh, that's the ends justify the means, you know, philosophy. Um, you know, a lot of evil has been perpetrated in, throughout history and in, in the pursuit of, oh, it'll all be great when mm-hmm. we've crushed our, our enemies and, and yeah. there's peace. Uh, and we know Vader believes that. We can end this destructive conflict and restore order to the galaxy um, but what I was going to say is I, I liked your, 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 uh, distinction between the Jedi and the Sith because the Jedi are all about like rules and structure. Whereas, um, the Sith are all about how does it feel, which is, uh, like a Rolling stone by Bob Dylan. See that?
2: <laughs> like a Rolling stone. <laughs> nice. you know I'm going to get that yeah. in. There. Nice. <laughs> but
0: you know what's great? There's no force or Jedi at all in this book.
1: No zero. It's, I was surprised right.
0: by that. It's to very be much honest. Rogue One like, except for the Vader appearance mm-hmm. at the end. There's yeah. a
1: couple of references to Anakin, and then the, mm-hmm, the appearance yeah. of Vader. But there's yeah, I mean they're not a not a
2: factor here. It's
0: all politics and military. Mm-hmm. So yeah. None of the Force mysticism.
2: But I still enjoyed it, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. because there was that alternating plot. I felt like when the um, Thrawn plot got boring, um, he did a good job on switching over to the Price plot which was political intrigue and Mm -hmm. political thriller and that sort of thing. And like Machiavelli come to life in terms of like just gaining power for the sake of power to Mm -hmm. achieve your ends. Um, I don't advocate, you know, spicing somebody or, (laughs) you know, blackmailing them or doxing them in order to get what you want. But like, you know, in a universe where that's how the politicians act, she did a good job acting that way. And I thought that was well-timed on, um, Zan's part to keep the plot moving. Yeah.
0: Well, she was definitely the tragic figure of the book, right? Like she if you want to talk about like a Macbeth kind of figure. Yeah, in terms of a tragic downfall. Absolutely. Yeah, sure.
2: And
1: but um, you know, here's my thoughts on that. It took me a, a surprising amount of time in this book to figure out that how are we saying her name? Arinda? Arinda? Oh, I've been saying
2: Arinda. Arinda? That's right.
1: Um that she's Governor Price from Rebels. Yeah. I mean, I, we were well into this book, my reading, I was well into it before I Same. made that connection. I was like, oh fuck. And she is, you know, a very one-dimensional villain in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is a very interesting choice to like decide we're going to make her this very sympathetic character uh, who, who, you know, suffers an unfortunate due to circumstance, as you said, right. naturalistic, yeah. like these, this is my environment, so this is what I become. Um, you know, if you've seen that show, Rebels, that's not the impression you have of that character at all.
0: I think that's definitely a, a win from Zahn for showing the humanism of these characters. Like, you know, nobody is 100% evil or 100% yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It's just not the way humanity works. There's always complications to it, and, you know, there's that every villain is the hero of their own story. And she genuinely feels like she's doing the right thing for her family, you know, she for does. herself, for her planet, and working within the machinery of the Empire, and it leads her down the wrong path. Yeah. But yeah. she definitely does once not... Once you start
1: down the dark path, forever will it dominate Forever will, will your <laughs> destiny. We're going to keep doing this. it. Yeah. Should I do it with my Yoda voice? <laughs> yes, you yes. have the Yoda voice. Oh, I, I
2: don't know if I can do that one. You put him on the spot now. Once you start down... <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Forever will it rule your destiny.
1: Consume you, it
2: will. <laughs> oh, I like So we got like an old... Va- uh, we got an old Yoda... You know, chilling out on the planet Dagobah, like on his deathbed. Chilling That's out back relax and relaxing, all cool. That's right, crossover chilling right there. Outside. Yeah.
0: Um, Your weapons, you run that in
2: <laughs> The one thing I gotta say about Price, though, is like, okay, I know that she got, um, she got it handed to her from Rankin for a quick second. Mm-hmm. She got spiced in the face, but that was it. Yeah. It seemed like it was too easy for her. But in the same yeah. way, it seemed too easy for Thrawn, too, though. So uh, well, and maybe then, they were foils? So, so here's, my, here's my complaint. Uh, I agree with you
1: guys on, on the Price character being interesting and also being tragic. My one complaint with regard to her storyline is uh, it was very Anakin-esque a la uh, Revenge of the Sith, where yeah. it takes about 90 seconds or three <laughs> minutes of screen time. For him to go from hero of the republic and sympathetic yeah. uh, protagonist to Darth Vader slaughtering children, yeah. <laughs> right? And and that's how Price's character felt here. I mean, yeah. literally in the space that it took her to walk the length of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's office, yep. she goes from being like a very sympathetic character to being this
2: cold-blooded, yep. you know, like villainous operator. Yep, that's when I felt like that character lost real development you know like we've all seen political operatives fall from grace you know maybe you're sending dick pics anthony Wiener. <laughs> Oh, or wow. yeah i'm going to go there carlos anthony danger Wiener. his instagram handle was carlos danger and it was <laughs> fucking great you can't write things better no nobody yeah. believe it and the wow. guy who
1: sends dick pics and gets caught doing it his last name's God, Yeah, that's bullshit come on out come on out
2: you knew this was going to happen anthony what else did you expect? Why single-handedly brought down Hillary
0: Clinton's campaign.
2: Oh <laughs> no!
0: I that that was a easiest <laughs> joke. By
2: yeah. Way. No, we're sorry. cat. No, there are no emails to find. It's over. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I just felt like that happened so fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Just like you said, and like I wanted to see her struggle more. Mm. Sure, she could be a political prodigy, but really going from a backwater office to Rankin's right. office to losing her job then to becoming, like, basically Grand Moff Tarkin's friend right, to being, or blackmailer, I mean,
1: And there's a step in there where she's rescued by her friends, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. she then betrays.
2: Mm-hmm. Without know. a blink of the eye. Exactly.
1: And this all happens in, like, I'm making up numbers here, but it's, like, Chapter 23, she's sympathetic, and, you know, she's a good guy, and she's working with her friends who yeah. helped her out in her time of need. And then in Chapter 24... Uh, Is that the number I said before? Did I say 23? He said 23, so you're fine. All right, so chapter chapter 24, she's talking to Tarkin, and she's like, yeah, fuck those guys. They're rebels, and give me power and influence. I think um,
0: Zan missed the mark a little bit in not showing that transition more gradually. There is a 180, obviously, there, but I think what he's trying to show was that the, the political machinery on Coruscant is just so... Corrupted, yeah, that she changed so quickly from her exposure to it yeah. that it was. And like, honestly, he's he shoehorned two stories into one novel, right? I mean, it was. I don't know, maybe developing Thrawn's character was too thin. And he's like, Oh, wait, this Rebel's character, Price, she plays a role in what's going on with him. Ah, I'm gonna throw her in there, or if there was some directive from Disney and he had to make it work, like, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a tinge of corporate massaging going on yeah. in the storyline for sure but I, I don't it wasn't problematic enough for me that I was sat there and went like no, I don't buy it at all
1: no I, I, I don't disagree with that at all
0: I think she had she showed in those early chapters that she had the savvy mm-hmm. to sort of walk the walk with the people who were in power yeah. she just didn't have the opportunity to until she was able to pull some levers but it was funny because once I made that connection to the show Rebels I'm like oh, wait that's Governor Price from Rebels I started seeing that like weird animated character yeah, in my mind yeah, yeah, yeah. instead yeah. of what I had envisioned before and I'm like, eh. Right,
1: right. I, I did
2: the <laughs> oh. same thing. It was totally See, different. I've not seen Rebels, so I don't know well, what is in the thing. series. I thought she was like a 50-year-old
0: woman or something who had been around for a right. while and had earned her place in the in the Empire. And instead of being like, I'm assuming like in the 30s? That's what well, I said. Well and
1: I mean and granted there's a there's a second and a third book after this, so maybe this explains it. But what I kept thinking back to is at the end She's like fucking with Ron, like she's getting in his face yeah. and like saying shit to him. She's bold, and in the show Rebels, she's fucking terrified every time he walks onto the scene. Yeah, and he like talks down to her and and everything. You know, like when she blows up like the the gas factory or whatever that is. You know that tragic scene in episode or season four when yeah. uh, Freddie Prince Junior's character. Ah,
0: you know uh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, what's his name? Um, um the the Jedi. Padawan that became like the the master to uh Ezra.
1: Ezra's yes, but um so she like has them blow up this like gas mm-hmm. tank or whatever in order to kill him. And then in like the next episode like Thrawn walks into the office and it's like he comes with all this like menace and gravity. Yeah. And she's terrified and he does his Thrawn voice to her, you know, where he's <laughs> like, you know, we're very disappointed in your parents. Yes.
2: And, like, you Must know, have all been of made of the Thrawn voice I, ahead
1: of time by the I way. I wanted to say, it's it's
0: Jaros, right? It was his last name? Kanan. Kanan. Kanan Jaros. Yes. But I wanted to say, for all you Star Trek... Or Star Trek. <laughs> Star- no, War- sorry, I'm all... Lame. All you Star Wars deep nerds out there, I was thinking Kyle Katarn. And if you can tell me what Kyle Katarn is from, then that's for you. Put it in the comments.
1: None of you. They're all looking no, at me quizzically. Yeah, uh, they have clue. no clue. I'm a pretty serious Star Wars fan and I don't recognize that one. I'm the only real nerd here, <laughs> kids. Oh, oh no. <laughs>
0: Kyle motherfucking Katarn. Mm. I guess you would call him legends now because
2: Disney hasn't recanonized they them. They haven't canonized them. Okay. But
0: uh, Keenan Jarrows reminds me of Kyle Katarn in a way. Okay.
1: Great character. Great show. I mean, I, I said early on in the cast that, you know, Disney's fucked up some shit. But I, th- I think the only shit they fucked up, which it's a big fuck up, is the main saga films. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there was any need in retrospect for Seven, Eight, and Nine. You know? <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. And if you're going to do Seven, Aww. Eight, and Nine, I think you have to do them very differently. Yep. And, and that's, you know, we've, there's a lot of speculation as, as to what went wrong there, and we can talk about all that. That's not where I was going with this point. The point I'm making here is um, they've done, I think, almost everything else very well. Rogue One is a great film, uh, and, and mm-hmm. I think Rebels was just fantastic. I don't think it gets enough credit because it's animated, and people right. don't take that seriously. I America. thought the storytelling and what it added to the Star Wars universe was just phenomenal. Agreed. And, um, and, and, and we've said many times, and I think everybody agrees, Mandalorian is just exactly what fucking Star Wars needs to be doing
0: yep. right now. Anything Dave Filoni touches turns to gold. Right. Captain Kennedy needs to recuse herself from all future Star Wars productions <laughs> yeah. and just focus on Indiana Jones or some bullshit that no one's going to watch anymore. <laughs> oh. Star Wars is your golden egg. Let's be honest. Fucking yeah. Disney, when they paid, was it, $3 billion? I'm sure they have made some their gold money gold. back at this point mm-hmm. from box George office. George Lucas has and,
2: bought the moon or
0: yeah. some <laughs> shit like that. But you know, Filoni's brilliant st- stroke here is that he still talks to George Lucas. He talks to the guy who's... You know, Head invented all of this. Right. He runs things by him. He consults with him. Like, that's what makes Filoni so brilliant, is that his his faith to the original story and his belief in the original creator as the guy who knows what this is all about, it proves itself in everything he's produced. Clone Wars, he collaborated with Lucas on that. Mm -hmm. Rebels, he consulted Lucas on that. Mandalorian, Lucas consulted on that. Kennedy went completely rogue with the films, and she just basically said, "Whatever you want to do, make it happen." And she trusted J.J. Abrams. Right.
2: So many lens flares. <laughs> and then she was like, "Well, there's no overarching story." That so Ryan Johnson, do your thing. Right. Great filmmaker.
0: I love Ryan Johnson. Nominal filmmaker. But Lights not
1: Out and uh, Looper.
0: Yes, are just Looper, fantastic and... films. But not giving them some sort of an end game. Right. No yeah. joke there, Marvel, sorry. Mm. It's like, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And then we get J.J. Abrams comes back right. and gives us a clone of, Emperor. I think a clone of Palpatine. And right. you, can, you can pass lightsabers through space and time now somehow. <gasps> what the so <laughs> sensitive.
1: but you could pass. Okay, so I'm gonna give Sean a bell there. Yeah, that's the, the, fine. The, Take the, that. The, the sheer emotion it. that went into that. The man is into it. Oh,
2: I'm just thinking. All right, so like we veered from the book so much. Wait, but let's say what this can't, point can't not. For a second. Go ahead, yeah. go
1: ahead. <laughs> let's see what this point because I, I want to say like you know I think I think that Ryan Johnson's film and J.J. Abrams' film. I'm talking about eight and nine here. are... are Fucking equally horrible, but I think for very different reasons. Okay. I've said many times that Ryan Johnson's film, uh, The Last Jedi, is, if you detach the name Star Wars from it and you just watch it as a science fiction space opera, it's a fucking really cool film. Yeah. It's a, actually really awesome. It's the beautiful. problem it has is the same problem that Godfather 3 has, which is that it just doesn't fit with the franchise that it's supposed to be, you know, whose name it bears. Uh, There is, uh, everyone likes to talk about, critics like to talk about Ryan Johnson's ideas. He brought so many new ideas. He didn't bring shit. All he did was shit on all the ideas that Star Wars had ever put on the table. And he was like, you know, you like side quests? Fuck side quests. You like the Jedi? Fuck Jedi. Yoda are going to blow up, Yoda's going to blow up the temple. You know, and he's like, you like Luke? fuck Luke. Oh. Luke's just gonna be like your crotchety old fucking drunk oh. uncle at Thanksgiving, yeah. you know? Like, that's all he did. His yeah. ideas were just shitting on Star Wars. And then, and he's a
2: fan! Trigger warning if you have drunk uncles. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, fuck. post I expect <laughs> trigger warning.
1: Yeah, well. But, um, episode nine was then shitty for a whole other reason. I mean, watching that movie was like reading, uh, you know, some sort of, like, 1980s Star Wars book that was on a Bottom shelf oh. on a Kmart book rack. You
2: know what I mean? <laughs> Kmart?
1: Like, that was like... <laughs> wow! <laughs> Kmart! That was literally just like, well, what was the Emperor's name? Oh, Palpatine. Okay, so we'll say he got cloned or something. And there was a prophecy. I don't know. Like, it just seemed like they were just making shit up as the they went. awful.
0: The best criticism I ever read of that movie was someone saying that it was like me... As my ten-year-old self playing with my Kenner Star Wars toys in the attic, <laughs> That's inventing it. a story about Star Wars—that's it. That That's was the—that was the rise <laughs> of Skywalker.
1: Yes, <laughs> right,
0: It almost but, felt a lot like, you know, a post-apocalyptic kind of work.
1: Oh yeah, where yeah, yeah, a
0: singular yeah. person arrives out of nowhere to save everyone because that person was just. Compelled to do this for whatever moral reason. We love those kind of movies. You know whether that person had gills in their neck, yes, or a you know they found a postman's outfit somewhere. Right. And they, and had, their they name... met Tom Petty, and he was yes. mayor of a village. And that person's name,
1: Kevin. Kevin Costner. Where's my ding? Damn it! Thank Kevin you. All right, I got it. Man. We're just waiting on the sexual reference. Yep.
2: Oh, I yeah. I am... Gonna get that I'm off. usually
1: first to go first. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You're saving the climax So the I'm climax. saving it for the
2: end. <laughs> nice, that's right. Nice. Yeah. Let her come first, Adam. <laughs> I always try. Once for just always once. Try. <laughs> <laughs> she Someone doesn't want to see me cry again before she starts. Think, think of the
0: audience's needs first. You, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. So we've dealt a lot with where this book fits in the canon. We've dealt a lot with Thrawn, with Erenda Price... Uh, so, I guess my thought is now, as we come to the climax, what would you say? A yay or nay to this book, knowing that there's two more, right? This is the first in a trilogy, um, but it's not the first Thrawn trilogy, right? Is this the second Thrawn trilogy, then? First canonical.
1: Th- yeah. In the, the new canon, canon yeah. The, the early 90s one is, is Legends not It's not, right. not actual. It's just for fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Like having sex with a condom. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Just for fun. It
0: yes. doesn't count. Sorry, that wasn't your reference. Or else I give you credit for yeah,
2: it. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I'm really struggling to get it in tonight. <laughs> There's gotta be some... Oh, there it, is, hey, you know, you know, it is. It's not always about the finish.
0: <laughs> I was thinking you were going with something masturbatory, but you
2: know. No, no, yeah. I want someplace else. Okay.
1: Um, so, what do we say? Yes or no for the book? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are we wrapping this thing up already? I don't. I'm. How far into this are we? Well, we're an hour, but we lost twenty minutes when we uh, paused to. to yeah.
2: make... Okay, if we so do our like <laughs>
0: if we do our recommendations now, yep. can we just riff on Star Wars afterwards?
2: It depends how much editing you want to do. My vote is yes. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, so
0: we still have
1: a burrito to eat and a taco. Oh, that's right. I did not want to eat it. I don't want to eat, a taco. eat it. <laughs> <laughs> to eat it, it while we're taco talking. is not going to sponsor this podcast if we don't even eat their food. I, okay,
0: I ate
2: the, their burrito and their taco. Did. After yes, the
0: recommendation, did. I think we're at the point where we could just eat and talk. And oh, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore.
2: And we'll just cut stuff around Truth together. Sure. sure, and, and we we'll got
0: one more IPA that we can split into thirds. It won't get cut because Mike is doing the editing on this one.
2: We don't, honestly,
1: we don't cut stuff. The final yeah. product is going to sound strangely similar to me. <laughs> this entire evening. So what you the do to this whole thing? The was so
0: good. I don't know. I, there was a, a reference to something I cut. It's fine, guys. <laughs> it's fine. They're going to love it. It's like what I did with 3001.
2: You know. It's like what I did with the first two. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So I'm going to say, yes, it was a fun space romp. I'm cool with it. Um, the only thing is I wish I had read the original Legend stuff. Because for me, Thron comes out of nowhere, right. being this all-knowing god who just can like masterly mm-hmm. um, handle the battlefield and all of his opponents at the same time without having to break a sweat. Right.
0: I know this is a long shot, Adam, but if you ever find yourself with a free weekend, hmm. the original heir to the empire, believe, is still in print, mm-hmm. or you could find it at the library. Mm-hmm. If you honestly, it's interesting. You get some I other like, that. Joris Saboth or Kaboth. yeah, the, and
1: the Luke,
2: Sith.
1: yeah. Like, there's
0: some stuff going on there. You're going to
1: go like, this guy is revered for Star Wars? What the fuck? Well, and and so, I I mean, off this point, you know, I didn't read, I didn't read, I read the entire trilogy when I was very young, uh, but I I still have the books at my house. And I reread the first 150 or 180 pages or so of Heir to the Empire. Just to like, just, I wanted to compare the two, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Zahn now versus Zahn then, Thrawn now versus Thrawn then. And, um, I will say that, you know, for whatever reason, Heir to the Empire is a far more cohesive story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of my complaints about this book, and, and I don't have a lot of complaints, by the way, I liked this book, and my recommendation is a yay. But, um, you know, uh, this didn't have, like, a story as much as it was, like, a series of, like, little confrontations that kept yeah. bumping thrown up in the Navy. Right. Yeah. And, um... There were so many time jumps that it was just it was jarring. There was one chapter alone where Governor Price goes back to Lothal for the first time, and it's like it's been a year mm. since she was first uh, made governor. And she goes back to Lothal, so we've already got a year time jump to start the chapter, and then within a page and a half, there's a, a break in the page, and then it goes, the next several months where blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so she's been on Lothal now for several months. The time jumps were jarring. It, there was not a cohesive story in Heir to the Empire... It's a story. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's the story of, like, they find Saboth or Kaboth, however you say that yeah, name. Yeah, I have no idea. And they use him to, like, marshal the entire, and, and what's left of the Imperial Navy, the way Palpatine used to do it. And then you have, like, the, the stuff going on in Coruscant with the New Republic and all of that. Um, I mean, it is, like, there's none of that, like, series of things happening and time jumps and right. all of that. So, anyways, my point here is, I think that the superior... Work of fiction is the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. At least going by this book. That said, I like this book very much. I think it's a worthy addition, and I'm glad to see uh, you know Thrawn back not only in Rebels but in print as well.
0: It's interesting you talk about the time jumps because that's Grand Star Wars tradition, my friend. Going all the way uh-huh. back to uh, you know the original movies, like the the sense of how they deal with time and the galactic scale of time has always just been whatever serves the plot most right? Like, how long were Leia and Han on Bespin before Vader shows up? Or how long was Luke really training to be a Jedi before he becomes a Jedi Master? So Six minutes of screen time. Exactly. It's
1: the, the fuzzy time. I've wondered about that exact thing, though, that you just said, right? Yeah. Because it could be done in a way where Luke is there for months, mm-hmm. you know, like training, mm-hmm. but except one thing that He's there from the time he leaves Hoth till the time he goes to, is it Bespin? Is Best it bin, Cloud yeah. City? Um, which is just like, you know, they, what do Han and Leia do? They go to the asteroid belt and then they fly out of like the spaceworm and they go straight to Cloud yeah. City. Without a hyperdrive. So, yeah, I mean, this is, to me, that's That's about your time, though. So, were
0: they on the Millennium Falcon for years? They were
1: in the spaceworm <laughs> yeah. for months. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Before they went on it the ground sure feels funny. It doesn't feel like rock.
0: The pacing <laughs> the pacing of a fantasy story in space is always going to be problematic. Yeah. And I think that there's no way around it. However, you're right with with this particular edition of Thrawn, it's they are jar. It's like he's trying to do too much in in a, a corporately designed like you have to hit this this benchmark or
2: whatever with this yeah. novel. When they knew he had a trilogy. Right. You know, because you sign up for that ahead of time. So he could have slid some of this into the second book. Having not read them, though,
0: I, I can't judge them.
1: Yeah, But, but I, agree.
0: I feel like he wanted to get him to the Grand, Grand Admiral place within one mm-hmm. novel. And it, it felt rushed. And then shoehorning the Orinda Price storyline in there also felt like trying to serve some higher purpose that wasn't really part of his original creative vision. I could be wrong. I, I'm speculating mm-hmm. immensely yeah. here. But I liked it. I thought it was... Uh, I would recommend it for fans of Star Wars. I think if you're coming into this and you just, you're just you like, I want to read something, don't read this. You're really going to have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But as somebody who is deep in the weeds when it comes to Star Wars, it was fascinating to see how Timothy Zahn has adapted to the Disney regime and has um, sort of made it work for him in a way where he can save or salvage a character that is so beloved by the fans and make it work within the new canon. That was a really interesting, uh, I guess, like lesson in writing and mm-hmm. how to take something that already exists and make it work for you now. Which might have actually been the strength of the original trilogy. Now that I think about it, because those characters that he worked with were largely fully thought out. His main cast were the cast of the original movies. Right. Aside from that, he invented some new characters that were either successful or not. And you think about it, Thrawn immensely successful, but.
2: Luke
0: with two U's and Jorus Kaboth, <laughs> and these other characters also Rans. Yeah. Right? And I only true. remember them because of how ridiculous <laughs> they sound. I have
2: to look up Luke with two
0: U's. He's a mind. clone of Luke made from right. his hand that was severed on Best Oh,
1: uh, and, and Kaboth? 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 <laughs> he is.
0: Uh, <laughs> a clone Lord of a Jedi of Master, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was on um, that ship that was supposed to go to the right. outworlds or whatever. Who knows? I mean, it was. It's, again, it's fantasy in space. It's yeah. not sci-fi. Yeah. It is not sci-fi. Don't ever think that Star Wars is no, sci-fi. It is
1: not. That's a misnomer when people say that. Is it is it is absolutely, it's sword and sandals, but right. set in space. It's exactly like our next text,
0: <clears throat> which will be Brian K. Vaughn's yes. saga inspired by Star Wars, which is very much a fantasy that takes place in the cosmos. Right. So looking forward to that. I am loving the idea that we're reading that. Yep, <laughs> yep. Big fan of Vaughn. Big also
2: fan. reached out to Brian K. Vaughn. Hasn't come back to me. Just saying, Brian.
1: So I mean, we're we're he's busy. I I understand. We don't want to brag, but we're kind of a big deal. I know when the
0: Knights of the <laughs> Old Republic nerds of the Old Republic. you <laughs> oh, dear Lord, <laughs> the
1: blue milk. What but are they're they're they're, knights? What are I, knights? I don't of know what you are. Can I? <laughs> can can I can
0: when the nerd, when the nerds of the over Republic come knocking, you better respond.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so far, no one has. We don't have to do a podcast on on your immensely successful, you go award winning, uh, no. graphic novels. Our literally like hundreds of downloads <laughs> yeah.
0: can only add to your fame, people. That's right. <laughs> what do you got to lose? Exactly. You afraid? You afraid? Yeah. You chicken. I gotta say this though Adam did take down that taco
2: yes I crushed that taco it was written all over his face (sighs) because I have nothing to add to this deep weed conversation and I feel embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: how do we decide who eats the burrito Um, or do we split it somehow
2: I mean we could split it in thirds should we go
0: like Lady and the Tramp on this bad (laughs) end?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
1: I <laughs> can't see at home, so we just have to trust.
0: I, <laughs> I can't rip a burrito in half. <laughs> I don't, I don't know think it works it that way. So
1: oh, God. <laughs> Hi, everyone, this is Mike from Nerds of the Old Republic. We hope you enjoyed listening to our episode on Timothy Zahn's Thrawn. If you'd like to hear us talk about the larger realm of what Sean calls the big swinging dick of Star Wars, and if you want to find out the fate of that final burrito, be sure to listen to Part 2, which we will be releasing very soon. Be sure to check us out on all of the socials. Our handle is at Nerds of Old Republic. And please don't forget to rate and review us, it helps. Once again, a big thanks from Adam, Sean, and Mike, a.k.a. the nerds of the Old Republic.